0: Fantastic. We want to welcome you again today to Family Church. We're so glad that you're with us today and can be a part of this service. Uh, this is our Portsmouth congregation. We also have congregations in Gosport, in Waterlooville. Um, I'm not, not going to lead somebody out. Um, Haven, um, Waterside, and we have an online congregation as well. And We're just really, really glad that you're with us. Some of our ignition, our older young people are going out to their special group. And if you are visiting us for the first time today, please make sure that you take a moment to get your free travel mug and um, your tote bag, because we want you to leave with a gift in your hands from us. But also we want to welcome you, if you've enjoyed your time with us this morning, even if it's maybe been unusual if you've not been to a church like this before, we want to welcome you to come and join us next week, which is our Easter celebration obviously we're on Palm Sunday today how many people remembered it was Palm Sunday and this is the moment in the Easter um, story where Jesus came into Jerusalem and people got excited about his presence well some did The religious people got annoyed, but those that just wanted Jesus got excited. And then we go this week into Easter Friday and Saturday, and then we're going to be together again here next week, Easter Sunday, (coughs) um, for our Easter service. So I just want to welcome you to come and join us again tomorrow. I love dedication services, don't you? Because it's an opportunity to do two things. Number one, it's an opportunity to celebrate the life of a child. And the life of children, I'm sure you'll agree with me, is something that's worth celebrating. It's precious, it's a gift from God. But we also celebrate that children have joined us here on the earth. That because of a union of humanity, a child is produced and they get to experience the life of God that He gives them in creation, but also they get to be a part of an adventure here on earth. I also love dedications because it's a chance to commission parents, to say to parents and make them say, yes, we will, to the challenge that your child needs to be led towards Jesus. You need to be actively, by your example and the life that you're living in your pursuit of God, encouraging your child to come in the direction of Jesus so that one day, they can have that moment where they choose to make him Lord and Saviour as well. So today, we're kind of celebrating something that's a celebration of humanity because when God designed humanity, he gave them the ability to multiply. And what are we celebrating today? The humanity expression of life itself. Two people giving life to a brand new little life. And we love that. Now the Bible speaks also of a second birth and this may be something that you've heard before or maybe this may be a new concept to you today but the Bible recognises not one birth and that's what we've celebrated today, the human birth, that moment where human and human make something very special but also the Bible recognises a second birth. This time something happening not between a human and a human, but rather human and divine. A moment where God causes somebody who is physically alive, thanks to mum and dad, to become spiritually alive to him as well. So we recognise as a church and we celebrate first birth, and that's where we clap and we applaud, we have dedications, and we honour children being born naturally. We could use that word in the flesh, in the skin. We celebrate children being born naturally. But also as a church, we believe with everything that we are in something called a second birth. A second birth where God causes someone who's humanly alive, thanks mum and dad, to become spiritually alive to him with a life that will never end. You see, often when we speak of eternity, we think it's something that starts the other side of the grave. Where actually, the Bible says eternity starts for those who place faith in Jesus, not when they die, but when they're alive in that very moment that they welcome Jesus into their life. And they become what the Bible calls born again, born anew or born from above. Another, a number of different translations in the Bible put that a different way, but they all mean the same thing. Born again, born anew, born afresh, born from above. Now, in saying that we must experience a second birth, we're not denying or replacing the first birth. You see, the beautiful plan of God is that he makes us alive in the three parts of who he originally designed for us to be. Now, to understand this, we've got to take a journey back to the book of Genesis. And as Christians, we believe not in evolution. We believe that evolution is nothing more than a theory. We believe in creation. We believe even looking into the eyes of a child and seeing a child move its hands. There's no way that came from pond life or from an explosion. That came from a creator God, a father in heaven who designed a humanity in his image and in his likeness for fellowship and relationship. So when we go back to the book of Genesis, we see the origin of man. We see God making the sun and the moon. We see God making humanity, male and female. We see God creating man, woman, humanity in his image for fellowship with him. But in the design of God, humanity was made alive in its skin suit, in its body, alive in its soul, in its self-life, but also alive in their spirit to God, able to know God, not just on the outside of their life, but on the inside also. Now, we also know, most people know the storyline of creation the Adam and Eve chose a route of disobedience over a route of obedience. And the result of their disobedience, remember there were two trees in the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, I know better than God, and the tree of life. God designed us to know and live by his life. But Adam and Eve, representing mankind, humanity, chose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God had said, if they eat of that fruit they would surely die. And we see Adam and Eve go ahead and eat of that fruit. That's the story of Genesis. And we see God not kill them physically or kill their soul or self-life, but we see them leave his presence. They're taken out of the Garden of Eden. But when I read on, I'm like, wait a moment, God. You said if they eat of that fruit, they would surely die. But wait a moment. They don't look dead to me. In fact, they're having children, Cain and Abel. But yet, there was a death that had taken place, but not in the flesh of who they were or in the soul of who they were, but rather in the spirit of who they were. They were now a two-part being alive when God had originally made them to be a triune being Like he himself is a triune being. So what happens in the moment someone's born again? At the end of his service, we're going to pray a prayer. Give people an opportunity to be born again. In that moment, what happens is your flesh doesn't change. Your soul doesn't change. But you come alive on the inside of you to God. And his life. Now you say, I've not heard about this expression, born again. Well, Jesus taught on it very clearly. And the passage we're going to look at is in the book of John, chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. And this is a conversation between Jesus and a man called Nicodemus. And this is where Jesus speaks about a person being born again born a second time, being born from above. We've got to understand that Nicodemus was a religious ruler. He wasn't just a religious ruler or a priest. He was the top of his game. This was the man that was teaching others, apparently the ways of God. Yet we see Nicodemus, hear Jesus speak of the life that he offers. And Nicodemus, maybe because he was a bit of a coward... He came to the back door of where Jesus was staying that night and said, I must speak to Jesus. And Jesus, obviously having great love for Nicodemus, said, okay, Nicodemus, let's have a conversation. And we pick up on this conversation in verse 1. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night. And said, Rabbi, teacher, we know <clears throat> that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one can perform the signs and the miracles you were doing if God was not with him. Jesus replied, truly, truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Jesus isn't speaking about being born again. Naturally, because Nicodemus had already been born naturally, otherwise, he wouldn't be having a conversation with Jesus. Jesus was speaking of a divine encounter between God and humanity, where a person can come alive on the inside of who they are to him. Truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God or know God. Correctly, unless they're born again. Obviously, this caused a confusion in the mind of Nicodemus, as it may well do in some of your minds today. And what Nicodemus answers, answered is probably what some of you would answer. He said, how can someone like me be born when they're already old? <clears throat> Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Now, what he's saying is, If you can convince me to go through the birthing process again, that will be a miracle. But the biggest miracle is you convincing my mother (laughs) to go through what she did, this time with a fully grown human. He's trying to think about this. What do you mean be born? Now Jesus answered, truly, truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh. Humans give birth to humans. But spirit is what gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must, it's imperative, it's vital that you are born again. Okay, let's just stop for a few moments on this conversation. Nicodemus was an earnest man that loved God. He was a priest. Yet he hadn't understood the ways of God for saving a person. Because he'd been raised under the law, he felt that him being right with God was about his performance, the things he did, the things he didn't, because he lived under the mosaic law. Suddenly Jesus comes and says, I've come to die on a cross to set you free from the law and bring you into a relationship of love and grace. But the way that you come into that relationship of love and grace with God is through a new birth experience. Jesus said no one can see or know the kingdom unless they're born again he wasn't speaking of the kingdom of this world the united kingdom all you need to do to experience the life and the culture of the united kingdom is be born in the united kingdom in the same way if you want to experience the kingdom of god Remember the kingdom of God is not just far far away but Jesus brought his kingdom here to earth 2,000 years ago and left it on the earth when he rose from the dead. Jesus is saying there's another kingdom, there's another way of living, there's another way of being alive. That missing piece of the jigsaw in your life, that scratch that you can't itch or that itch you can't scratch, that bit that feels dead in you that doesn't feel right, will come fully alive the moment you receive Jesus Christ into your heart as Lord and Saviour. In that moment, something happens between God and you, where the dead part in you that you inherited from your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandparents, Adam and Eve, comes back, that dormant spirit comes back to fullness of life. Not only that, God comes to live in you. I love this statement. I've been thinking about this for a week or so. This statement that Jesus makes in verse 6. You see, flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. Maybe he was speaking to Nicodemus with all of his religion. Nicodemus, you're dressed up to the nines and you're going through the motions and everything about you looks religious, but it's man-made. Flesh has been given birth to flesh and all you're in possession of is religion. But that's okay. If you believe in me, I will make you come alive on the inside like God intended for you to be alive. Not just alive in this life, but also in the one to come. I had the privilege this week of going into the hospital to visit a man who's actually my uncle. And for 80 years of his life, 75, I forget, is it 75, at least 80, it's around that time, he'd rejected God. My mum had spoken to him, my cousin had spoken to him, and suddenly he found himself where actually his life was in the moment of question. And I had a beautiful moment this week where I was able to go into the hospital and look him in the eyes and say, Nick... You could well be standing at the edge of death. Are you ready to come alive? Like the thief on the cross. Are you ready to receive Jesus and be born anew on the inside of who you are with a life that death cannot stop? that it may well be that you close your eyes to the life that you know in the next few days. But when you receive Jesus Christ, you have an assurance in your heart that when you open them, you'll be in paradise with him. He looked at me and he nodded and we had the privilege of just praying that prayer together. And as he said, Amen, a tear came down his face and I knew But in that moment after 75 years of rejecting God and his kingdom, this man had received the kingdom, the life of God. The eternal life of God in the very possibly the last moments of his earthly one. Now the good news is I'm looking at a room full of people that are looking relatively healthy. But you don't need to wait till the end of your days to acknowledge Jesus, to get a passport, to go to heaven. That's good. But boy, you'll waste your life if you want to do that. Because I knew 30 years ago the moment when I was truly born again. And everything changed in my life. In the life I'm living now. Now. And I have the assurance of the one to come. Because yeah. the book of Ecclesiastes says eternity enters into the heart of man the moment they believe. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. So for the believer in Jesus Christ, death is merely a doorway where you leave your skin suit behind. And apparently you get a glorified one. And I'm hoping mine looks like the body I had when I was 21. <laughs> you must be born again. Flesh gives birth to flesh. Humanity can only give birth to humanity. That which is human can only multiply that which is human. But spirit, the spirit of the risen Jesus Christ, is the one that can cause your dormant dead spirit To come back to fullness of life right here, right now. These are good things for us to consider. To understand this correctly, you've got to kind of do a little bit of a word study. It says flesh gives birth to flesh, spirit gives birth to spirit. Now when you look at that word flesh, because when you look at words in the Greek, you see a bigger meaning, because in comparison, our English language has so fewer words than the original words that they were spoken in. When you look at that word flesh, flesh gives birth to flesh, it means the skin suit, that which covers your bones. It also means the self-life of who you are, the person you are before you come alive in God, the human being that you are because of the union of a mum and a dad. But when you look at spirit, the word spirit is the word pneuma, which is the same as the word Ruach in the Old Hebrew. And the word Numa, which Jesus uses for Spirit, is the third person of the Godhead. The indisputable third person of the Holy Spirit. Another translation for the word Spirit is the word breath of God. So, can you see what Jesus was saying to this? Human religious leader. Nicodemus, you have many questions, but here's the bottom line flesh, skin, bones, human nature, human self life, can only produce after itself. Otherwise, it's like expecting an apple tree to bear pears when that's not possible outside of gardener's interference. Nicodemus, that which is human, flesh, can only give birth to that of its own kind, human. But here's the good news. It's spirit. It's the spirit of the living God that can make a person who's dead in the spirit of who they are, fully alive as if they'd just been born, forgiven every sin they've committed, made one in relationship and friendship with God, that in one moment, everything can change. You say, well, this is really good theory, Andy. Andy. No, it's not theory, my friend. I've experienced it. If you've experienced the second birth that Jesus gives, would you give me a wave right now? See, this really isn't theory. It's experiential. And it can be your experience if you'll just believe that Jesus is the Son of God who died for your sins Then rose again, sent his Holy Spirit to make those who were dead flesh come alive again. You must be born again. I can remember in my life, no one had taught me this stuff. I was in a meeting similar to this. It had been a process leading to the moment where the things I believed in, I didn't believe in anymore. I tried alcohol, I tried drink, I tried drugs, I tried relationship, I tried everything to make something that seemed empty in me be filled. And as a last resort, I remember coming and saying, all right, if you're real God, prove it. I want to be born again. There was no lightning, no mystical finger appeared and wrote Andy on the wall, But something happened inside of me. All of a sudden, I didn't feel the same way I did before. Up to that point, I'd been a thief, and a really good one. I was that bad at stealing, I had to hide my own stuff. (laughs) I would steal from me. And I remember the next week, I went into a confectionery shop to help myself to chocolate, which was my normal maneuver pay for it why would I do that but I remember touching the chocolate bar taking possession of it and suddenly it was like a red alarm inside of me went off there was no preacher saying don't do it suddenly within me I said I can't do that anymore I was in a series of relationships that were wrong and everybody knew they were wrong apart from me but that moment after I received Jesus, I didn't need a preacher to tell me what was wrong. Suddenly, things that were once comfortable for me were now uncomfortable. I can remember the day before being in church watching people, like some of you may have done today, watching people going, Jesus, 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 I love you, Jesus. And I remember looking at them saying, What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Lunatics, lunatics, a lot of you. Emotionalism, lunatics. But the problem was, next Sunday, guess where I was? I love you, Jesus, I love you. You're my father in heaven. Nothing could have done that to me. Nothing. No philosophy, no ideology, no any other elegy or whatever it may be. Because in that moment, Andy, who was alive in his body, had a skin suit, had my bones, alive in the soul, had the ability to love, hate, to forgive, to regret. Suddenly, the third part of me had come alive, where I knew there was a God, that I was a citizen of his kingdom, and his kingdom and his life was now filling my life. I knew I'd never had peace like I had right now. Everything had changed. A week before, I couldn't be alone. I used to get drunk before I went to the bar. When I went to the bar, I entertained people. This is how sad I was. I wanted to be Elvis. That's how low a person can get. But I couldn't be alone. I could never be alone. Because I hated the inner world of my life. Suddenly, the day after, I'm looking at myself thinking, are you a lunatic? Because I'm alone on a beach walking going, I've never known peace like this before in my life. I don't need to be surrounded by people. Everything in me is okay now. Oh, the stress is gone. The fighting is gone. It's all gone. Andy's okay on the inside. But you know what made Andy okay on the inside? Nothing a human could do for me. It had to be when God causes a part of you to come to life with a life that will never die. So maybe you're saying today yeah well what would Jesus say today if he was here exactly the same flesh gives birth to flesh and we love a good baby dedication but a baby dedication is exactly that a celebration of flesh giving birth to flesh but Jesus would look you in the eyes as he looked Nicodemus and say, you must be born again. You must be born from above. You must have a moment where you bring your life before a father in heaven and acknowledge that he loved you so much. He sent his son to die for you on a cross not that you would have a passport to heaven beyond the grave, but that you could know his life, his leading, his peace, his righteousness, his joy, and everything else that's him in you, in the life you live in the here and now. Jesus would simply say to you, as he said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. But how can a person be born again? Just do the same thing that Nicodemus did. Nicodemus was in religion, but religion couldn't scratch the itch. Nicodemus was an expert in religion but religion couldn't answer the questions inside of him so he came to Jesus and said I know you're the son of God you've got to tell me what I'm missing you've got to tell me the roadway to get where I need to get where I'm living isn't where I should be I want to know what's real Jesus said get born again you'll become a part of the kingdom in the same way maybe you're like Nicodemus today maybe you've been looking around at other religions maybe you've got wrapped up in the christianity religion and there can be a religion to christianity listen you can go to church it doesn't make you a follower of jesus christ you can be christened it doesn't make you you can be dedicated it doesn't make you a follower of jesus christ You can go to church at Easter, at weddings, at funerals. You could say, I was born in a Christian nation. Oh, my parents took me to church. None of those things answer the question that needs to be answered. Have you acknowledged that your sin has separated you from God? Are you ready for God to remove the sin from your life and bring you into his family? Oh, yeah, I've tried a few roads. All roads lead to God. Sorry, not very politically correct. No, they don't. That's a load of rubbish. Every other road and self-professed Messiah couldn't even rise from the dead themselves. There's one way to have a right relationship with God, and that's through Jesus Christ. No one comes to the Father but through him. So here we are at 11.55. How do we end a meeting like this? We give an opportunity for people to receive Jesus. We're not going to make a moment where we embarrass anyone. But I am going to ask you a very honest question. And give you the opportunity, just like my uncle had the opportunity this week in the closing pages of his life. Jesus Christ is real. Faith in him will save your life here and give you an eternity in the life to come. But God will never violate your free will, your choice, or your pride. You've got to come to him. He never went after Nicodemus. Nicodemus came after him. And when Nicodemus found him, he left different. I'm going to lead us all in a prayer today. It's been a great dedication, hasn't it? Nothing like a good cute baby to lift the atmosphere. The approach to Easter, it's all good. Brilliant praise and worship, didn't they do good? Didn't preach too bad either, did I? (laughs) But we're left with a moment, a decision, a choice. That every man, woman and child has to make will you receive Jesus or will you shut the door in his face because his life is with him as you receive him he brings his life into yours but if you want to slam the door in his face that's your choice well I don't believe there's a God then the Bible says you're a fool I didn't say it don't shoot the postman the Bible says, a fool says in his heart, There is no God. I only have to look at a beautiful child to let me know there is a God, a creator God that loved me from the beginning of time, always has, always will. He done everything he could to make a way for humanity to be born of him, but he had to give humanity the choice otherwise he would have been left with conditioned robots and he wanted sons and daughters just want to pray this prayer and I want you all to join in with me today I think I've presented this clear enough for everyone to have the information they need to make their own choice I don't think I've watered it down made it fluffy Let's pray this prayer together. Then I'm going to give an opportunity. If you're praying this prayer today, Jesus, I want to be born again. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. But let's just pray this prayer, every one of us. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are love and you have always loved me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for me and as me. His death is the death I needed to find a brand new life. Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Would you please now cause me to be born again? Forgive me of my sins and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let Spirit give life to Spirit. Make me come alive in the Spirit of who I am. By your breath, God, breathe on me and cause me to be born again thank you for saving me. Amen. Just my every eyes closed, every head's bowed. This is is such an important moment. Well, I'm going to say, if you prayed that prayer for the first time today, or maybe you've been away from God and recently you felt yourself coming home, If you're here today and you say, I don't know if I've ever been born again. I don't know if I've ever received Christ. I don't know if I've ever received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And if you say I'm spiritually dead, then spiritually dead I am. But I don't want to stay spiritually dead. I want to come alive to God. If that's you today, I'm going to do something very simple. My every eye is closed. I'm going to ask you when I count to three to lift your hand really strong, really bold in the air and say, that's me. Come on, no cowards, no cowardness. He hung on a cross naked for us. We take a stand for him. If you won't lift your hand for him in church, you won't live for him tomorrow morning. This is for heroes. This is for brave people. This is for people that know that God has spoken to them today. When I count to three, I'm going to ask you, if you've never known Jesus, if you don't know you've been born again, if you prayed that prayer for your life today to lift your hand nice and bold and keep it in the air don't worry about what your friends are doing don't worry about what your husband's doing this is about you don't worry about what your wife is doing don't worry about what the people behind you think this is a moment where God is asking you do you want me or not do you want my life or do you want to carry on as you've been now you've already prayed the prayer in your heart God's just looking to see who meant it so I'm going to count to three and then I'm going to lift you get you to lift your hand if you've done that today one what have you got to lose you've got nothing to lose but you could gain everything two what if everything I've said is rubbish what are you going to lose but what if everything I've said is actually true again I say You could gain everything. Three, lift your hand if that's you today and you say, I'll give my life to Jesus Christ. Gentlemen there, keep your hand up, sir. I love that. Somebody at the back there with hand lifted. God bless you. Come on, there's other people today. What have you got to lose? Come on, there is a God in heaven. He loves you and he's giving you the opportunity to receive a brand new life today. There's a third person, God bless you. Is there a fourth person today? Come on, you've got nothing to lose. Don't worry, there's a fourth person over there. Is there a fifth person today? You say, me too, Andy. I'm not missing out. I want God to make me alive on the inside. Come on, lift your hand. Yeah, you'll have to lay down pride. Yes, you'll have to lay down what you think about yourself. Yes, you'll have to lay down wrong philosophy. But all I can do is tell you it's worth it. Is there a fifth person? I'm not going to labor long. Is there a fifth person? You say, me too. I'm going to be shutting the door in a couple of moments. Not that you can't speak to God when you get home today. It's not about what's happening in this building. But this is a moment where you're feeling now. Your hands are sweating. Your heart is beating. What do you think is going on? There's a fight for your life right now. And God wants you. God wants to show you what life is truly about. I'm going to count it down from five. If there's anyone else, lift your hand. Five, four, three. Anybody else? Two, one. Father, I thank you for every hand lifted. I thank you for the decisions that have been made in people's hearts. And I thank you for the ones who are going away to think about it. Father, I thank you for those that have said, that's interesting. Let me study this some more. Father, wherever the response of a person that's coming towards you, we speak blessing upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you lifted your hand, we've got a free Bible for you. If you lifted your hand today, we want to be there to help you take the next steps of following Jesus. And we've got a free Bible for you. If you look at the back, there's a big sign that says, Welcome Home. If you could go there just for a couple of moments, if you lifted your hand, we want to give you that Bible. Don't forget, if you're a visitor, you get a free gift as well. But we want to help you take your next steps of following him. Everybody had a good morning? Come on, as we go into Easter, let's go in rejoicing that Jesus Christ is risen indeed. God bless you.